Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman, and I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. Max, what's up? Uh, not much. And we are also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, what's going on? Yo, yo, yo. Guys, uh, this weekend, we were lucky enough to uh, have our first ever live pod. It was sold out. We raised a bunch of money for Lupus, and we did the damn thing. We done did it. Yeah. How is everyone feeling about it? Oh, man. You know what? Going into the, uh, the night... I was feeling pretty good about it. And, you know, we have such an awesome team. So Webmaster Dan, Manager Ash, Felix, uh, Serge at the Rivoli, all these people were really putting extra work to make us feel comfortable on stage. And so I had a good feeling about how it was going to go. Yeah. And I was already thinking, okay, what's the next show we're going to do? Like, you know, how can we take this thing on the road? But it went so good that I think we just have to quit. I know. No, that was my idea too. Yeah. I was like, that like, was amazing. Let's never do that again. Yeah, because it was it was truly magical. It's like it felt so good on stage. The room was perfect. Nobody said a peep when they were supposed to be listening and when they were supposed to be laughing. It, it like erupted every time. The crowd was phenomenal. So those of you who are listening that were there at the Rivoli in Toronto uh, on Friday night, thank you guys. You were like the best f***ing crowd that we could have yeah. ever have asked for. And Shane, I remember going into it, you're like, are they going to be talking the whole time? Well, Mike and I had a really bad experience trying to host something once. At the horseshoe. <laughs> it was the exact opposite of that atmosphere. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a paranoid thought. And a huge part of the night was our amazing guest, hilarious, insightful, so cool, Catherine Reitman from Working Moms. It was so cool. She was so cool. She was the best. You know, we um, a little backstory when we were trying to think about who we could get as a, a guest for the live show. We had a little brainstorm, and I think Manager Ash said... What about Catherine Raymond? Working Moms is a hot show. To keep this from becoming too much of a dude party, you should probably have a female <laughs> guest. And we agreed with all that stuff. Um, and, you know, she has history uh, in improv and she did training at Groundlings. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. But I knew she was funny. So when when we reached out, she was the first person we reached out to. And when we got her to say yes, like within 24 hours, which was so lucky, which usually things of this nature are a little bit harder to pull off. <laughs> well, this is kind of the nature of the podcast in general. Is It's like everybody's like, oh, who's the special guest? Who's the special? People kept asking me and they thought that I was being coy. And I'm like, you'll have to see. But really? <laughs> we were just procrastinating. I was like, I actually have no idea what we're going to do. Max is doing something about <laughs> yes, this. I was like, I'm just going to have faith in Max. So I just be like, oh, got to see. And again, so uh, when we did sort of have that meeting and we were throwing around names and then her name came up and we were all like, yeah, she'd be great. And then you actually just made it happen. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, just the, the you know, the podcast gods were smiling on us. And so we had a good call with her publicist, Alina, before, and we were kind of setting everything up and we were making sure that her and her family could come. Oh, she just said it was going to be her husband was going to come and maybe a couple of other actors from the show. And then we get an email that uh, her parents want to come and yeah. her parents are, uh, of course, Ivan Raymond. <laughs> her mother is also an actress yeah yeah but ivan's obviously one of the most iconic famous uh directors of all time he directed ghostbusters but the rivoli looked awesome like the it just like the lights were perfect the size of the room was perfect uh we had dj simon jane yeah simon was great as he well he rolled man. in with 15 minutes before the start and i was like this is going to be a nightmare <laughs> because i just thought all the uh cues the audio cues the music were gonna yeah. be screwed up but he was pretty 
proficient with he's that. He's the pro. Time. Like, yeah. he definitely was stressing us out because it was like doors were at nine. <laughs> Simon literally rolls in at 845 when he was supposed to. We were like all there for six for rehearsals and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Simon but- did say he was going to be there for 430. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Simon. And then he just comes rolling in with his decks at like, yeah, quarter to nine. And I'm kind of like, oh, man. But then, yeah, he just set it up, took his notes, and he nailed it. So yeah. he was great. So thanks to him. So any other highlights? Oh, we also had a shout out to Lights. Lights. Oh, my God. Two-time yeah. guest. She ended up doing the Q&A. That was so nice of her. To, actually, so she she in the crowd at, at, at near the end of the night um, did the Q&A. She was the girl that ran up with the microphone and everything. And she was like sort of taking questions in the crowd. And she was awesome at it. She's so personal. She's like, what's your name? Where are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you guys, I, I didn't know, know anything. Like you guys always say you don't know what's going to happen for the dessert. But I had no idea what you guys had planned for the opening. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, these guys are going to be kind of loose. It could just be, you know, sometimes we don't come out with any energy material. <laughs> and it doesn't work. But you guys were like professional comedians right off the top. <laughs> and I'm sitting there too because sometimes, you know, I, I, I do contribute off the top. But I was so frozen from how good you guys were being. I'm like, I don't want to say shit now. Like, <laughs> you guys are murdering. Like, I've never seen murder. Like, Max pulls out, like, a an email bit, too. I'm like, this is new. Like, reading <laughs> yeah. emails. That was so and funny. And it just slayed in the craziest way that I was freezing on the stage. And well, I had Greg and Sean, your brother Greg, yeah. and sh- his friend and my good friend, Sean Menard, just watching me, and I could see them snickering and laughing at my how frozen I was, oh, really? <laughs> which obviously exacerbated the situation. Well, you know what's funny is that before the show, and we'll get to it, but you had to remember a lot of stuff. Number one, you had this whole elaborate slideshow presentation for the dessert, but you also had a rap battle that you were thinking about. And so when Catherine came into the room, you hardly said hi to her because you were just transfixed. You're this is backstage. Zone. This is backstage. Oh, yeah, no. I did not want to speak to her at all because if I'm like, if I open that floodgate, I could get trapped in a conversation and I need to go rehearse before the show <laughs> and I can't be trapped in some conversation where I need to be polite. So I'm just like, I'm going to just be the most, like I'm antisocial anyway, but I'm going to be the most antisocial I can be and just avoid anyone from putting off the vibe that I want to have a conversation. Well... Yeah, and so we had a little break between uh, the interview and the dessert. Yeah. And so it just kind of, it was it's like we were freezing the free throw shooter. It's like, you know, when you call a timeout, just, just to make you think about it a <laughs> yeah. little bit more. Well, because in that break, so so the way the show was set up is we came out, we did like an open, um, and then we brought Catherine out. She did an amazing interview. She was so fucking good. Like, she was just like good on her feet. Like I said, her answers were insightful, but she was so funny and just like, you know, willing to sort of like play ball and, and goof around on stage. And it was great. So that ends. And like you said, we come off and we have that little intermission and then we're going to come out and it's really going to kind of be the Shane show from that point on. We're just sort of piping in here and there. It's his uh, dessert. Um, and then it's going to be the rap battle with the nut. But in that break where we came off after the first part of the show, we were like flying, man. Like we were, uh, yeah. we were like, that went so good. And like Catherine was all jacked and we were all super happy. What were you thinking as we walked up? I was like, well, now it's Shane's time to perform. And you guys had killed it. And as happy as I was for you, I'm like, that's a f-ing tough act to follow what these guys just did. <laughs> and I just felt uh, uh, the weight of the world on my shoulders to steal a <laughs> cliche expression. And, you know, um, Max had promised me everything was going to go great with the PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, the computer and the presentation was freezing a lot. And I lost all confidence in the bit. Yeah. And I needed to uh, 
have a technical guy on stage to help me because I was not – I lost faith in my ability to even push a space bar. <laughs> 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 Happens to the best of us, I guess. <laughs> so I had the a technical guy who set up the PowerPoint presentation for me come on stage and I inst- – Instead of hitting the space bar, I would tap him on the shoulder because if anything went wrong, he would know how to get it back on track was my uh, idea. So shout out to Felix. Uh, and also that person, that technical person was Felix, who also uh, designed all the, the merch that we had out that night. So he's kind of a, you know, jack of all trades. Yeah, man. And by the way, the dessert was, was a opus. It was incredible. You had them hanging off. Oh, it went. Everywhere. It was amazing. And it yeah. was amazing. Are we going to be able to play that dessert somehow? In- yeah. Okay, so all this th- these Perfect. things we're talking about, we will get to in a future episode. So for all of uh, you listening that weren't in the room um, and you do want to hear what went down the night, we recorded everything. Uh, we have the live episode with Catherine uh, and everything that we've just discussed. That will be out uh, later in February, I believe. Can we bill this as the greatest episode of all time? The one we're recording right now? It's been all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the live show. Sure. Would you say that, though? I mean... Yes. Well, for listen, like I, I maybe in a weird way, like what's the de- how do you describe like uh, the feeling of something like that? Like it's like there's a lot of energy. It's just different, like being in a situation like that. There's like anxiety leading up, and then when you're in it, when people talk about doing live things, there's like you really are like anything can happen, and there's just this sort of like feeling of kind of free falling. And then when it's when it's done, it's kind of the best high in the world. And I've tried a lot of drugs. Oh yeah, like <laughs> like I've been in the situation of of course I was referencing this earlier where. I bombed on stage and I hid in a bathroom stall for two hours afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And nothing's worse than that feeling. And uh, the exact opposite, nothing's better than when you're doing something on stage and things are going well. Yeah. Like it it is the greatest high. Yeah, and we had all of our our family and friends there, which was cool. But then, and they couldn't have been nicer. So we'd like, you know, just people like- I did not tell anyone about this show, by the way, like for for me. Oh, really? Like my mom and dad did not know. I was wondering where your mom was. I know the only person. I get terrified. But Tiffany came, right? I don't know how she found out about it. I didn't tell her. I guess she follows social media. Sure. But. His sister showed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea how she figured it out. <laughs> but my parents came, and my dad listens to the pod a bit. My mom doesn't listen to the pod, which I'm kind of happy about. And I was a, <laughs> a little interested to see what she'd make of all sort of the potty talk and all the drinking talk and stuff like that. But she loved it. And my um, childhood friends, parents, uh, Leslie and Bruce, they came, and they, like, People who don't want, uh, know you guys personally or don't know sort of like the vibe of the show or who the Champagne Boys are, they were like riveted. And it was a two-hour show. Yeah. So it wasn't like we kind of breezed through in 45 minutes. It was like a full evening of entertainment. Yeah, and, and, and again, like, it just sounds like we're all sitting around here being like, no, you're great. No, you're great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that. <laughs> Don't misinterpret what we're saying, guys. Yeah, yeah you can just tell we're still so high <laughs> I know, it's true, it's true. So so sorry if this, this has been mildly unbearable. It's the first time the three of us have been together since the, the show. Okay, so. uh, let's get to some things that weren't a part of the show. So afterwards, Shane, you couldn't even leave the place, right? You, you were trying to, but you were stuck in the Rivoli for like two hours well, or something? Well, I had... Um, from practicing and doing everything, I started losing my voice a little bit. So I just wanted, uh, we had a hotel room. So I tried to leave after the show, but it took about two and a half hours to get (laughs) from the stage to the door because people are so nice. And, you know, people flew from Winnipeg. I was talking to people who drove from Ottawa. Christine and Sandra came from Winnipeg. Which is insane. So you'd be crazy not to give them the time of day or brush uh, them I drove up from Windsor. Justice from Windsor, yeah. yeah. 
and we got to meet all these people. And to your point, it's like you're not you want to talk to them. It's these people invest and, in listening. And it's to not us. like you're doing them a favor. At that point, you're so narcissistic. You just want to <laughs> <laughs> like look at us now. Like all we want is more back padding, right? So. <laughs> and so then you you know you get addicted to the praise, and then you want to talk more. You're and just kind of looking around the room. Exactly. Like, like, all right, next in line. Let's take a photo. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I ended up getting out at like one. And I couldn't sleep because, you know, I don't, you do arenas and stuff. I don't perform live in front of people. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard to get to sleep. And I was just, you know, I, I think I watched the, the live feed we had on Instagram, like from <laughs> top to back. Great. It reminded me of like my band days. It's just, there was way more people in the room to see us. Right, yeah. <laughs> how did uh, Roy Boy feel about the whole thing? Did he have any takes, any criticisms, any ideas? Roy Boy is Mike's dad. Yeah. yeah by the time I saw my dad, he was already, he was flying. Cause again, like once we came out after the show from backstage, you were talking, you were always engaged in a conversation and you grabbed me a couple of times, Max. And like, you're like, oh, these people want to meet yeah. Um, so I kind of saw my dad like an hour and a half after the show and he was already enjoying himself. All I know is I got a text from Light saying she, uh, she was very hungover the next day because Roy Boy was giving her shots. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I heard a story. I don't know how accurate this is. I heard it from my brother, but apparently my dad was talking to Ivan Reitman. <laughs> oh, really? And I was immediately like, oh, good God. I was like, how did that go? And I guess in this conversation, he's like, oh, you know, like you're, you're, you're a legend. You did Ghostbusters. He's like, uh, you're amazing and you're famous. He's like, I'm just a amazing <laughs> yeah your dad told me that story that's yeah. what my dad said and then i guess ivan being really nice says oh what do you do and my dad said anything over 35 <laughs> <laughs> this is according to my brother and i was just like oh goodness wow. gracious i'm like i like I, in my brain funny. i'm like man ivan was probably like oh that was a nice show those are nice boys and then you know my dad lays that line on him like he's <laughs> andrew dice clay or something like <laughs> well your dad took the photo of um my father-in-law, mother-in-law with Ivan. Yeah. Right? He was just sauntering by and uh, grabbed the photo. And I think that's where the conversation struck us. Uh, so then it's your in-law's fault that my dad had interaction with Ivan Reitman. Well, I think John was having quite a bit of a conversation. Oh, uh, yeah, with your father-in-law. My father-in-law wrote a song and he used, <laughs> <laughs> there's lyrics about Ivan Reitman in the song. So what year was the song written? This song was written two years ago. Okay. It's called the Canada Song. Oh, okay. And it's all about famous Canadian celebrities. Ivan Reitman, of course, is one, and mm -hmm. went to McMaster University. So he was singing the song to <laughs> Ivan Reitman. <laughs> it's like our parents can't calm themselves, yeah. you know? Like, oh, my God. So so that happened. My brother also told me another story, and we got to give a big shout-out to Kai and the boys who came down from Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we met them at Oceaga. Uh, and these guys are like, they asked a question in the Q&A where they asked if they could be champagne boys. Yeah. And you gave Max a long-winded answer about the process. And then afterward, Kai just goes, so that's like a long way of saying no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, It was one of those uh, non-answers, basically. Well, my brother said that, one, they were very disappointed that Dan Hamilton wasn't there because they yeah. wanted to see him in full party mode. Uh, yeah. uh, and I guess he went up to my brother and he was like, hey, Australian Greg, you know? <laughs> and he essentially told him that he loves the pod. He says, because you guys party like us. He goes, I'm 20. Six, and all I want to do is hang out with my boys every weekend. You guys are a little older and still do that. I hope I'm like you guys when we're your age. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's and the one guy, the guy who's we're not. We're role models. 
<laughs> you want to call it that. So Kai's buddies, Jeff, is like, I love you guys because everyone always says when you get married and have kids, you stop partying. But you guys are proof <laughs> that that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> oh, you know what? And another thing. I, I, I messaged Jenna. I sent her an email. Uh, and I'm actually just going to read this email. So for those of you uh, who listen, you know that Jenna Gregory does for the show all of those amazing uh, doodles that you see. JennaDoodles.com, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Is so- the email complimentary towards us? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is an email that I sent to Jenna because she was in the house. So and no, we, and we thanked everybody and we forgot to thank her. And so I sent her a, a, a quick email just saying, I just said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this right on her pod because we have the time. So I said, hey, Jenna, I'm sorry I didn't get to speak with you very much after the show. I wish I saw you before or had a reminder you were in the crowd, exclamation point. Exclamation yeah, and then point. in brackets, producer Max f***ed up. <laughs> I didn't write that. I go, like, the only thing I regret about the show was not making you stand up and take a bow for all the wonderful art you've done for the show. It's a huge part of the pod, and I totally missed an opportunity to have the room acknowledge you. Uh, it would have been a nice, deserved moment. Sorry we missed it. We fucked up. It's all right, though. She sent one back saying, like, oh, my goodness, don't stress about it. But we wanted to say it here on the pod because uh, every week she comes through with a great a great. Yeah, drawing. they've become part of the fabric of the show. So um, thank you, Jenna. And I, I saw her at the very end of the night. And, and I looked up, and it was Jen. I was like, ah! yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I met her for the first time, too. Oh, you never met that her? That blew yeah. my mind when you told me that. That was the first mm-hmm. time you've ever met her. So those are all great moments with uh, the people who took the time to come out, buy tickets. Uh, like, honestly, thank you. Is there anything else stand out for you, Max, uh, or Shane? No, it just felt really legit having merch. That was the other thing I loved. Oh, yeah, that was cool. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to do – there's a really cool Instagram account called The Store, The Store, The Store. And it's uh, this guy who just makes kind of – custom t-shirts and hats based on like vintage Toronto things. So like video. So if you grew up in Toronto, it's like video 99. Anyway, this is beside the point. The point is he sells it out at 299 queen. He must be a colleague of yours. And basically you just have to DM him on Instagram and you can drop by between 11 and five and just pick up a merch item that you ordered. Are you making this up? I swear to God, it's on the Instagram. And you've already talked to him and this is actually going to happen. No, that, we're just going to steal his idea. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but who's going to go sell this stuff? All the, they're going to message Webmaster Dan, and then we'll arrange a time. It's not, not going to happen that often, but Dan will just go downstairs and hand, hand the thing. Or maybe if you guys are free, yeah, just hand I'll, it I'll hand deliver it. I like this idea. <laughs> I'm just saying that we'll, we'll put together a little schedule. It'll be fine. Yeah. All right. It'll cool. be great. So yeah. people will have a way to get the, uh, the merch if they want to. Get the merch. Because a lot of people are in, here's the thing. A lot of people are in downtown Toronto for this or that. You guys work right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people shop on Queen Street. Why not make... So if you don't live locally, how do you get it? Well, we might ship it to you or something. Okay. But if you live in the GTA and you find yourself downtown, we can arrange a little pickup, a little meetup. It'll be very DIY. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, it'll be like cool. Like out of the garage, Apple in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so again, I guess thanks to everybody uh, who came out. We will have the live episode up at some point uh, in February. Yep. Um, I think that's it. I mean, should we start getting to Sophie Tucker? Let's get to it. We have a guest on this show today, uh, fellas, uh, and it is Sophie Tucker. Um, if I remember correctly, we were supposed to interview them at Coachella. That's correct. But then I think, you know, producer Max might have got a little lazy or happy with the uh, <laughs> interviews that we had already gotten. They might have canceled those Or maybe ones. they canceled I can't remember. But I don't know. Either way. It, it was a missed connection in Coachella, but we managed to make it up when they were in Toronto. Uh, and you, Sophie Tucker, you know, it's Sophie, it's Tucker. They're this duo. Their song is the big song uh, right now with the Apple commercial with the new iPhone. Best friend. Yeah. They were interesting to me because uh, Tucker, who's the male in the group, he 
played ball like at a high level <laughs> in college. I, I was in. I like this. He's man. a basketball player. Yeah. So we had a lot to talk about. They were nominated for a Grammy, obviously. So we got into a lot of that and just how legitimizing of a force that can be when you're sort of like a, a newish band and there's certain milestones or things where people go oh shit it's for real yeah and with the grammy you know i think that's one of those things yeah that's like an oscar for working. music yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent, man or an american juno as they like to call it oh right <laughs> <laughs> uh well you guys want to get to uh sophie tucker let's get to it So how you guys doing? How you, you guys been on tour, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that mm-hmm. been? You guys are going to Montreal tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we play there tomorrow. We've been on tour with Odessa for over a month now, I guess. You guys been enjoying it? Yeah, it's yeah. been great. I know you guys did like a, a ton of festivals. Um, I was actually, we were covering uh, Coachella where you guys were as well. I talk about that in a bit. But is this sort of the first big tour that you guys have been on where you're, you're out for a while? It's, I guess it's the biggest tour in terms of like rooms and, and being on a bus. tour bus for this long yeah. of a period and the amount of people and trucks and stuff that go into the tour right. is like the biggest for sure. But we've kind of just been on the road for a long time. Do you guys yeah. like road living? Yeah, I think we've gotten... Well, it's, it's a weird thing to get used to. Yeah, I think, um, you know, there are... We sometimes miss our friends, but other than that, it really suits us, I would say. Yeah. Was it hard to sort of adjust to that lifestyle in the beginning? Um, yeah, I think for me, it's it's like still an adjustment because every time we go on the road, it's like it's a different thing and there's sure. kind of a different rhythm to it. Um, but it's so, I mean, it's just so fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I feel like it wasn't that much of an adjustment for me, but I was always like, when I played basketball, we were on the road a lot, you know, in buses, staying in hotels, rooming with someone on the team. I don't know. I've kind of been doing this literally since I was like 12. It almost feels like. <laughs> you did a lot of traveling team stuff when you hooped? Yeah. So yeah. how? So I did read that, and I'm a, a massive basketball fan uh, personally. Same. I'll let you guys go. Take <laughs> well, it away. So <laughs> you can step out. Yeah, exactly. Are you not, you're not into hoops at all? No. no. All right, that's fine. <laughs> we'll just do this for like a minute and a half. I'll keep going. So you 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 played college ball, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do yeah. you, you got injured? Was that the deal? And then you started? Yeah, I got sick and had to stop and then tried to keep playing when I went back to school in college and it wasn't really happening, so then... Yeah, when I when I got sick is when I learned how to make music or I taught myself how yeah. to like produce music on my computer. But my whole the first twenty two years of my life were hundred percent about basketball. That was gonna be my life. I was gonna play as long as I could and you know, so Yeah. Things changed. But I'm happy about it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's turned out pretty well for you. But so like was that like a an inherent love for basketball or is it something you found yourself good at so you sort of got funneled into it? Um, kind of both. My parents are both really big basketball fans. My mom was a great player and my dad loves basketball and I grew up in Boston and they grew up watching Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and, um... So, you know, around my house growing up, there was, like, pictures of these sort of basketball idols. But I also am 6'7 and, you know, coordinated, so that helped, too. Totally. It's very coordinated. <laughs> do you... I used to be. <laughs> so do you not play anymore Relatively speaking, he's still very coordinated. I don't know. Uh, no, I don't play at all anymore. No. no. Um, so you guys met at Brown. 
is what I read. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd read that in the beginning, you guys sort of, it was more Sophie's songs that you were producing. Mm-hmm. And then you guys sort of shifted the paradigm a bit. What was the reason that you guys shifted sort of the working arrangement? Actually, I remember there was a song that I had written and we'd started working on it. And then like it changed a lot and it actually just became much better. And then we realized that we could kind of just start from scratch. And then the first time we did really start from scratch was with Drinky. And we were, were, again, it was like, it was a remix at first and then it kind of morphed and we add, we added a guitar line and then we were like, wait, 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 this guitar line is way hotter than anything else that we're working on. Let's just start here and build from scratch and see what happens. Um, and that was the Drinky guitar line and f- then the poem came and the rest, the rest is history. Is history. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about Tucker's sort of um, journey to where you guys met. What was your situation like? So you were sort of like l- learning guitar, sort of doing like singer-songwriter stuff? Yeah, I was writing acoustic, bossa nova-inspired music. I had just spent six months living in Brazil, and I came back, and I was really inspired. So I was writing a lot of music in Portuguese. And I was also um, collaborating with this Brazilian poet, Chacal, who we ended up continuing to collaborate with um and yeah I didn't really know how it would happen but I wanted to make music my life um and I was planning on moving to Brazil and just sort of continuing to learn as much as I possibly could so then you guys uh, meet and there's sort of like this spark you realize that you know you guys are making great stuff together I guess my question would be like so you're going to Brown and you're saying that you wanted music to be your life like I guess my question is always like when people make music, it's this fun pursuit and it's kind of this cool creative thing. And then at some point it can shift into like, oh, this is going to be like a career. And now the kind of mindset shifts and some people have a single minded pursuit of being successful. Did you guys like sort of have that once you got together or has it kind of been, hey, this is fun. Wow. People like it. Now we're on this ride. Well, when we graduated, we I mean, Tucker convinced me not to move to Brazil and to move to New York (laughs) with him. And so, you know, I dropped all of my plans and all of our eggs were in one basket. It was like, okay, we're going to try to make music a career. You know, I had three months to figure it out for my parents. Interesting. And why? Well, uh, like in the sense that it's like, you're going to have to get like a, a real job, a real situation happening. Yeah. 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 We're in like a weird spot. (laughs) And so we worked really hard to figure out who we were, how to make music together. We were in the studio almost every night after the knocks. Um, we were working out of their studio, so we would go in at nights and just try and figure things out, try to figure out how the studio worked. Um, and yeah, I mean, we were definitely single-minded. We needed to make it a career before our time ran out. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, and Tucker, it takes balls to basically tell somebody, change your plans completely. What <laughs> sort of, what inspired you? That, why were you so confident? That, like, hey, no, this is the thing. Upend what you've got planned for yourself. We're going to make this happen. Uh... I don't know. I mean, looking back, it seems like I didn't really have a great reason, but uh, what also seems like I did, you know, knowing that it kind of worked out, but, uh, or did work out. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I really wanted to go for it. I wanted to make this, like, I believed we could do it 
I guess I'm saying I don't know why I believed we could do it right. necessarily. We but, didn't have much to show for it, but it was like a... But I believed there was something here, and I thought it excited me enough that I was like, I want to try to do every... I'm kinda, I don't know, I'm kind of the person who'll just like, I really want to do something, or like, I'll just try to work really hard, and a big part of me working really hard to do this was working hard to make sure Sophie did it with me, <laughs> <laughs> or else it wasn't going to work, because yeah. I... I you know I I would have I'm sure I would have tried to make music a career still and I'm not confident that it would have uh would have worked without Sophie so <laughs> well, it was like one of those like like two plus two equals six sort of thing yeah sure know? it was like her stuff alone and my stuff alone wasn't that special and then when you add them together for some reason there was something really cool and special yeah. Well, you guys were nominated for a Grammy, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, walk me through finding out that you're nominated for a Grammy. Because, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned that your parents are like, you have three months to make it happen. But, like, what's more legitimizing than being nominated for a Grammy yeah. in that sense? For, like, sort of outside yeah. world to sort of understand totally. what you're doing. I actually told my parents before I even told Tucker. I found out first. <laughs> really? Yeah. I never knew you told your parents first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't we're found, in a fight. I could not. We're <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find you. That's actually exactly though. You kind of nailed it. What the Grammys did was like parents and parents' friends. Yeah, were like, oh, they're not just some like young kids just fucking around yeah. with music. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is like a real career. They're actually doing something. That I feel like that was a big part of what the Grammys did <laughs> for us. Maybe I told personally. them after I told you. It was very <laughs> I know she's retracting. <laughs> <laughs> she's digging. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we were on a music video shoot that day, and so we were actually up really early. Yeah. And, um, I actually got we, I got the email first. She saw it first. And yeah. She like walked. She was walking over to me. I had just come out of like yeah. wardrobe or makeup or something, and uh, that's right, makeup. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she had this really weird look on her face, and. I didn't know. She was like walking towards me and I knew, I don't know, is either something really bad had happened or something really good had happened. Sure. And she was like, I'm going to hug you. And I was like, "Uh oh, what the heck? Because we never really hug. We like fist pump. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, she said that and I didn't really believe her. And then we hugged and then I looked it up and it was there. <laughs> and then I went to I, my I phone and there was like, 300 texts. I've never messages. seen a phone blown blow up. up more than Tucker's like phone on that day. Something he didn't something. read any of them. And then at the very end, he like looked at the number and it was truly that. Because we were doing the video. I was yeah. like, I can't focus on this right now. <laughs> trying to stay. We're actually doing this kind of like darker, like, like try to be cool, <laughs> moody video that we ended up wasting a ton of money on and scrapping. Oh, so I was going to yeah, say, because we, we don't, because we, we were too hyped. <laughs> <laughs> we, we like screwed up the video by being all excited about the Grammy. So this video will never see the light of day. No, oh, no it gosh, already, no. It's been long gone. Wow. We yeah. put out a different thing instead of it. So like, is there an idea that, oh, this nomination is coming? Like, cause you have to submit, right? No, we had no we idea. We really? No. Submitted. Wow. Yeah. Like yeah. our manager didn't submit us. 
Really? No. So I don't. So it literally just came out of the blue. You're like, yeah. holy shit. It 100% out of the blue. And, and I don't think, I mean, it took us a I while to that, realize what, what it meant. Yeah. I didn't even know that was the day the nominations were coming out. It was like right. not something I was like, oh, tomorrow's the day. <laughs> you let's, can't sleep the night before. Yeah. No, I mean, we the music that we made, we never thought that that would be like in the realm of the Grammys. Yeah. Maybe the Latin Grammys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess along those lines... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> does success feel like it's happened quickly for you guys? Because relatively for some people, you know, it's like they'll, they'll go for years and, and, you know, many albums or singles or whatever. But to have a song like Drink You Be Nominated for a Grammy pretty quickly out of the gate, does it feel like, oh, wow, this happened quick? Or do you guys feel like you've been at it for a long time? Time is relative to a lot of people. Yeah, so. it's also it's so success both. is relative too. Like, that's also true. We don't want to yeah. just have like one song be nominated for a Grammy and then that's it. Like we want to yeah. have a really long career where we're really growing and learning as people and sort of like just putting out something into the world that we really believe in and hopefully can sustain for a while. And and like each time we go to a city or return to a city, the show's bigger, you know, and it's growing yeah. and we're like. We're continually growing and connecting with more and more people. Organic like, progress. Yeah, which which we've had a lot of because we've been on the road so much. So it's it's felt like a sort of just like grind out organic process from our point of view, I think, because mm -hmm. we're just like, you know. We're just in it. In it and tired and working and happy <laughs> and yeah. loving it. But it also is, we're definitely aware that stuff like that doesn't necessarily come right away or ever or easy and you know we're definitely trying not to take it for granted yeah but we also don't want to ever feel content or anything because not we're like, not oh, even like, like close it. to where we want <laughs> we're not even close to where we want to be or where we want to get to or you know yeah it's, well, i have this conversation with my buddy matt all the time and we talk about how like you sort of visualize life as like a video game like oh when i get to that level i'll be happy but the truth is at every level there's another level that you want to get to right you know what i mean so it's like you kind of in your mind you're like oh this this will make me happy but then once you get there, i think it's mad men that says once you get happiness what do you want after right. all the time you just want more happiness yeah i mean i think truthfully we really are happy with the journey i mean it, the journey is the the fun part well, i think the goal is to keep the journey going, going yeah. forever because the journey is so fun yeah and yeah. we get to travel and we get to meet people and we get to create and we get to feel insane adrenaline often and there's so many things that like i feel like the next level would be like just keep doing that on different scales and different levels but like continue the journey sort of sure yeah you know, you mentioned uh, you guys were on a video that you completely scrapped. How involved, because your, your videos are, like, remarkable and, you know, very colorful. How involved are you guys in, like, the creative concept, sorry, concept, I was going to say conception, uh, the concept, and then even the direction when you guys do these videos? Are you guys really hands-on? Yeah, we're really hands-on. I mean, it depends on the video to what extent, but, like, for instance, um, our song Fuck They, we, we wrote the treatment for that video and then shared it with our dream director and we were like, we really hope he'll make this manifest. And you know, he said, Canadian. yes. Yeah. He's Canadian. Mac Boucher. We filmed hey. it in Toronto. Hey, oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't he's know, amazing. He did the all the grime videos. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause that's his sister. And uh, <laughs> we were like, who does the Grimes videos? Those are the best videos ever. We want to work with that person. Turns yeah. out it was her brother. Turns out, 
he's the man. Yeah. And uh, and now he's like a good friend of ours. We just did our second. We just did the best friend video also with him. He came to Ibiza and we all like. That looked like a fun video. That was really fun. I think that was really like initially. I think that was Tuck's brainchild. He was like, what if we just went to Ibiza with all of us? Because Nerva's going to be there anyway. Well, yeah. (laughs) And then we enlisted Mac and Mac just sort of enhanced it beyond belief. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, what if we rented RVs? (laughs) And yeah. then everybody, you know, we no, everybody styled it. He said oh, like you? scooters, and I was oh. like, nah, <laughs> nah, hilarious. ATV, ATVs, nah, ATV. <laughs> sorry, oh gosh, RV would have been fun too. Everyone styled it themselves. It was their own clothes. Yeah, it was you know, just everyone super, like, was just being themselves. <laughs> I like the idea of writing in fun shit into your own video. Like, yeah, oh yeah. No, literally, I was like, what would we want to do with our friends? Because we were going to play a show on Ibiza. Nervos. It was Nervos party, and then we were like, okay, if we get um, the rest of the people on the song, the Knox and Elisa, Elisa ended up playing the concert too. Uh, can like, what would we want to do on a like, like let's fake rent vacation a in <laughs> Ibiza, like with actual friends of ours, and we can all stay there and just have fun. And it like worked out, and it was so fun. Yeah, it was literally like it so was fun. Insane. I remember this we moment. Jay like, Pat and I were just looking at the sunset, and we were like, "Wow." Life. Oh my god. <laughs> then, then I was like, we left that weekend and I was like, shit, I really hope the video shows how fun this weekend yeah. was. Because, yeah. like, it was so fun. And the song is fun and we wanted it to show. And I think it does show it, but it really was genuinely that fun of a time. Yeah. We were not faking it. <laughs> I was uh, I was in a band a few years ago. We were on a label and all that stuff, and we'd do these videos, and I would, like, write the, the concepts as well. And we did this one at a beach, and so I was like, oh, we want to go on, like, sea dues because it'll be fun. But then the minute we got on the sea dues they made us wear life jackets because oh, it's, like, these no. Ontario regulations. Right. And I was like, there's no way we can put this in the video with us in the, like, the least cool thing ever is us right. in the life coats on these sea dues But so, they're like, so we want to cancel the sea dues like, well, let's shoot it, and then, you know, we'll see if we keep it. And then so we shot the whole thing. And it never made the video. Uh, but you did it. Oh, f- it. it was the best. It was yeah. so fun. Yeah. So all good. Yeah. Yeah, and it goes in like the video budget. Exactly. It's it's like, not, we're not perfect. It. Totally. <laughs> um, you guys, the new song is obviously on the iPhone commercial, which is like a, a big deal. Do you guys get asked get asked about that a lot on this yeah. press? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Well, there's so many. Well, the thing is about <laughs> not that, mad about it. No. Shit. Very we'll talk, happy I'll talk about it, it all day. <laughs> there's well, there's a those commercials. I feel like there's a lot of songs that become immediately a part of sort of like the the cultural zeitgeist like whether it was like jet or feist went to, you know when you guys something like that comes up what goes through your minds like an opportunity like that are you guys like gunning for that or are they coming to you and saying hey we want to use this song we totally weren't gunning for it um we weren't gunning for anything with this song we literally we, we made didn't this even song. know we would release it we didn't think really? we were gonna yeah. put it out necessarily it was just like a fun song we made with our friends yeah that we we're like it's about friendship so let's jump we'll have all our friends jump on the track and like do this funny thing. It's not really, there's not really like a chorus and verses and I don't know. You just, you know, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I think some people heard and they were like, um, cool, but like, is, what it a, is it what is it? Is it yeah, it's unconventional in a lot of ways. Like, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe thing. we shouldn't, I don't know. Uh, we love it. <laughs> but yeah, so then Apple <laughs> came, uh, I guess they, I guess our publishers or our ma- actually our managers. I think they heard like all the songs. Send like on. all the songs we've been working on and, um, I don't know, one day we, Got an email saying uh, Apple is thinking about putting this in a thing. But they never told us what it would be for until it came out. Because no one knew there was like a new phone 
Yeah. So like they can't, you know, they're so secretive. They don't like give away that just because it's our song on the commercial. So we knew like maybe it was for an Apple Watch or like the eight or like, yeah. like we didn't know it was like going to be a whole big campaign thing for a whole new phone. Or that they would have the poop emojis like doing that. Their emojis part. would be singing the song. <laughs> so like, cool. It's crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. You, you were mentioning the Canadian um, director. You like spent some time in Victoria, BC growing up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to high school, ninth and 10th grade, or I guess... Sorry, grade 10 and grade 9. There you go. Um, yeah, in, in Victoria. And my parents lived there for like eight years, so I would always go back home to Canada. Wow. So do you feel like, uh, I feel like this is like the you know stock Canadian question, do you feel like there's like a, a real sort of, you understand the Canadian culture because you grew up in it? Yeah, a little bit. A little and I bit. definitely feel at home. Um, it, you know, I think I really fell in love with, nature when I moved to Canada and so every time I'm back we were just in Vancouver which is close and I really sort of felt that homecoming to just I I just to be cheesy about it I felt like so in touch with nature when I was living in Victoria so cheesy so cheesy (laughs) and um that really is I I don't know the the biggest thing that Canada means to me today I guess and my parents are Canadian citizens now but I'm not (laughs) One day, maybe? Yeah, I have to live here for a while. I think that's right, the rule. Right. You guys are based in New York now, right? Yeah. You love New York? Love it, yeah. Love it. Right. Miss it. Yeah, I just came back from there. I was just interviewing Noel Gallagher in New York on no Monday. Way. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was pretty sweet. Is that sweet. Noel Gallagher? That's Gleam. Oh. Yeah. It's a good guess. 50-50. We just watched the Oasis documentary on the Supersonic. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was pretty. I love that documentary. It was great. You just played in L.A. Liam just played in L.A. Yeah. Like yeah, last night. He was at Oceaga, which you guys were at, right? Yeah, we were only there for like two hours. I know. We We were covering in and then had to go to Lollapalooza. We got the catering, though. Yeah. Oh. That catering is so good. That's like what everybody talks about. Oh. Yeah, it's real. Remember it. I remember going in. I'm like, there's no way it's going to be that good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this is all everyone talks about, and it was actually it was. that good. It delivered. It delivered. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of festivals, I want to talk a bit about Coachella because I saw Sophie get up uh, with local natives. Yeah. And um, I guess the question would be, when it comes to things like that, are you guys sort of spontaneous performance or are you guys very sort of... Uh, prepared? Do you guys like to have time to be like, this is what a performance should be like? Or are you guys kind of more like, let's just get up and do shit? <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, I mean, definitely when it comes to our own show, yeah. prepared, like okay. 100%. Sophie was trying to put a new song in our set the other day. Yeah. Like for the show in Detroit, I tried to be more Detroit, like two days ago. You're not and having I was it like, though? absolutely not. If we don't have the exact, <laughs> like, if you're not perfectly prepared for this, we are not going to go do it in front of people. Okay. Because that, no, yeah. yeah, no, that doesn't, no, that's not how we do it. <laughs> no, yeah, we're really prepared. I mean, we have like dances for everything yeah. and there's definitely moments of spontaneity that are natural, but it's There's a lot of prepared. space for yeah. spontaneity and like being loose and crazy and we always do different things and like laugh at each other on stage and stuff, but, but there's got to be. Tucker mostly laughing at me. <laughs> mostly. But there's got to be like. Preparate, yeah. I don't know. I what is we, we've we've like realized like being super loose, but focused is mm. like the goal of when you're on stage. But when you're just super loose and kind of on the borderline of like delirium, unprepared and not sure focused, it's like it's not cool to be loose. Yeah. Like it's cool to be loose and super out there if you're like 
in it. You know what I mean? There's room to work within structure, but if you don't have the structure, right. then right. Is that what I don't know if it's even structure. It's just like it's more like, about the mental. Yeah, state like if of you're mind. not like yeah. prepared and you know like exactly what you're going to be doing, like. Like, if you don't practice, you're going to have to think about the guitar part you're playing, or you're going to have to uh. think about the words, or you're going to have to think about, okay, what do I do next? And then you can't put well, on a good show. Right. It's hard to be in it if you're thinking about yeah. it. Right, exactly. Right. And then you're not loose, and then you're kind of, like, choppy on stage, and then it's not smooth, and I don't know. Yeah, thinking definitely takes us out of being So, in when, the flow. And when you're not prepared, you're always thinking. Gotcha. So that's why I think being prepared is so important. In this, like, uh, like you said, this last year playing all these shows, do you guys find that the two of you hang out more or less off the stage because you're together so often? I actually think we hang out more. We hang out all the time. <laughs> Still, <laughs> yeah. just, well, just because I mean, we're literally always together. Yeah, we're like just traveling together all the time. But it's but not like when you get to a when city. We're in New York. We're like, what's up? Home, what are you doing? Kind of like, <laughs> no, nah, we kind of still hang. <laughs> Yeah. All right. It's weird. There's a couple days. Well, when she got, when she I had got like sick, a headache different. stuff going on and some migraine stuff. And I didn't see her for like. It was like two weeks. Two maybe and three. a half weeks. I like went on a couple trips without her and everything. Like work trips. I saw you did shows and you yeah, Skyped in. I saw like, this on Twitter. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was um, so weird. It was so weird. I had a really fun trip to Vegas though. <laughs> Yeah, I was having I was having a blast, <laughs> blast in my dark room. <laughs> um, all right. Well, lastly, I guess you know this last year and a bit has been pretty incredible. What would your hopes be for for twenty eighteen? That's I guess it's a big question, but well, we can we can do it. We got this. My hopes for twenty eighteen. Yeah, next year. Well, we already know our whole schedule for 2018. Okay, sure. <laughs> let's go. Let's it do five-year plan. 2019. I literally know what we're going to do every day in 2018. <laughs> uh, until the summer, at least. <laughs> Half of it. Um, or maybe through further than that. <laughs> I think... Five-year plan? Five-year plan. Oh, Whoa. gosh. Oh, gosh. That, that's too far now? It's definitely not a plan, but... I don't know. I just want to be able to keep making things that we love, not get sort of, not have it be like diluted and not have it be, get too much about other things. Mm. I want it to stay about Music. making things that makes us happy, makes us want to dance and feel good and connects with people. Because there's so many other things. Like this is the first song we've ever had like, go to like top 40 radio and stuff and like there's a lot of things that go with that and like some of it's great like we get to come and talk to people and meet people in cities and go to radio and do all these things that's it's really fun but there's also like just like crap I think that comes with it that I want to make sure in the next five years we like still do us you know yeah that's important. Yeah, to me. really important. And I was going to say, I really want to, I think it, it happened really organically. We were just talking about this the other day. Like we didn't know when we started the band that we would end up sort of standing for joy and inclusivity and connection and community and sort of safe spaces. Like Color. all of that, like, Colorfulness happened really, really organically, but now it's like all of a sudden 
people are telling us like, so you're known, you know, you're known yeah. for this. And, and fans are telling us that. And it's really, really cool. Um, and it kind of happened by accident, but I kind of, I, I want the band to continue to embrace that in a way um, that just feels like, yeah, everything is about the music. Right, exactly. tattoos, so. Everything is about the music. And <laughs> it starts with the music, but also I'm excited to sort of see it expand um, to be about more than the music and like connect with people in a way that's really meaningful to them. Totally. I agree with that, even though it almost sounds like we said the opposite yeah, thing. Yeah, but I totally agree <laughs> with but you, like, too. But, like, we also... Right. <laughs> I know... We just don't want to get caught up in, in stupid stuff. Yeah. But we do want to, to like... Put... We just never want to stop, like, rocking fun-ass parties. Yeah. And just, like, having people, like, have a great time, personally. Yeah. I want to be, like, and the 40-year-old, like, have DJ. The, have a good time. <laughs> Getting it popping. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. I'm not going to be 40 in five years also. <laughs> <laughs> just want to clarify that. Let's just secret wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were a Larry Bird fan. That was like the yeah. 80s, man. Okay, I watched tapes. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> DVDs? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the dessert. I am here with my friend and pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, what's going on? Well, uh, Max had to leave to do a little bit of recording. We're at uh, the studio where the Arkells are recording at this moment. Yeah, this is probably the nicest place we have recorded, actually. Yeah. Um, and this is a bit of a different dessert. Do you want to kind of set it up for the listeners? Well, I I had a, f- a friend. I guess I have a friend. I don't know, actually. Uh this guy named Cam Ballantyne, he was my best friend from kindergarten to grade five. He won the Red Bull DJ championships that they hold for uh, – he won the Canadian division of that. So technically, he might be the best DJ in all of Canada. And he's going to the Worlds in Poland to compete for the World Championship. That's huge. His manager actually reached out to us. Yeah. Uh, not knowing that Cam and I had this history. Oh, really? Yeah, he had no idea. Well, he's like a Hamilton guy. Like, I went to school with his sister and his brother. Yeah, Cam is a Hamilton guy. and Yeah, not the manager. The manager, actually, uh, is a former student of my wife's. So he's a young, up-and-coming manager. Right. So, anyway, uh, I was very uh, excited to talk to Cam, not only to get to know... Uh, the, the world of DJing. And celebrate his accomplishments. Yeah, th- that too. <laughs> but I wanted to figure out what kind of happened between us because <laughs> honestly, we were the closest friends ever. We were inseparable. Cam and I had all the same interests, hanging out every day, sleepovers, all that stuff. And I just want to figure out what happened. So we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about the world of DJing and we're also going to maybe get to the bottom of uh, this mystery. It's probably more of a benefit for me than Cam, this promotion. But anyway, let's see what happens. All right, we are here with uh, DJ Cam B. What up? We're also here with Walter. What do you Walter go by, D. Walter? I just go by my normal name. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, was like, I don't have like a cool name. I wondered if you had like a yeah. fancy, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like DJ Cam B no, and hard. Walter. DJ Destruction. It's hard to think of a name. Did you ever have a different no, name? No, I tried. Like, it's hard. Unless you like were a DJ in the 90s. You know, like mm-hmm. back then it was easy to cut with names. When all the good names were yeah, taken. Yeah, yeah. Now it's, it's just like everyone just uses their name now. So oh. I was like, I got to, you know, 
can be. It's like domain names. Yeah. You'll, you'll right. never get a you'll good never, domain yeah, name anymore. Exactly. You know? Right. So the reason that you are here is because, one, you guys are both Hamilton guys, which is mm -hmm. awesome uh, and always great to have Hamilton guys on. We know each other. Like, you mm -hmm. guys would DJ at uh, Che, mm -hmm. and we would be shaking our asses there on Friday nights. And now, uh, DJ Can't Be, you, like, are competing in the Red Bull freestyle world finals in Krakow, Poland. Did Poland. I say that right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Poland. Krakow? Yeah. Krakow? Krakow. Krakow, Poland. Krakow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh so congratulations, man. How did you, like, get there? How did that happen? I had to uh, submit a uh, five-minute routine to Red Bull. And I was just like, yeah, I'll try it out, you know. Didn't think I'd get in. And then I got an email, like, a few weeks later saying, if, asking if I could do it. I was like, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, man. Go yeah, crazy. Trying to read your words. I can do it. You no, no, no. <laughs> Red Bull? So I anyway. You know, pieces of yeah. shit. <laughs> I got to ask that. So uh, I was like, oh my God, he's freezing. So, <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I, I got in. I didn't expect it at all. And uh, I was really happy. And then, and then I got really uh, anxious because like, now I have to actually make a set, right? And like actually go to Vancouver and go in front of all these people and DJ. And so anyways, it was a struggle. Like I was like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? And uh, then I won. I, I won it. I was wow. just like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was like, even, to, even to get in at this point, it's really hard to get in because yeah. only six people out of like hundreds of video submissions even get in because mm -hmm. they don't do regionals or anything. It's just like a national final. So wow. out of hundreds of people, he was one of the six that got in. So he was just happy to get in. So like, does this mean that you're the best DJ in Canada as of right now? Like, uh, No, it's like. Well, yeah. Like you're, like you're the best. No, there's so many good DJs in Canada. There's just Walter's so answer was way cooler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so there's so many good DJs. There's like like DJs I look up to, like past winners, you know, mm -hmm. who yeah. have like DJ Headspin. Uh, oh yeah, like you know, he's the best. <laughs> you don't know, but like he's yeah. the best up and coming DJ. Right, right. Now. That's yeah. so you're like rookie of the year kind of. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So okay, oh, yeah. we, what we're gonna do is uh, you're gonna play a bit for us yeah. so that our listeners can hear exactly what you do, uh, how you won uh, this contest, why you were going to Poland, okay. and like we said, because uh, we all know each other from Hamilton back in the day, uh, Shane's gonna have some questions okay. about DJ life and all sorts of sure. stuff. Sure. So want to do some music right now? Sure. All right, let's do, do it. it. Listeners, settle in. Listen to DJ Camby. Don't start till I say hit it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hit it. Then we'll edit it in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you want to you scratch it? We'll keep that part. <laughs> and then we edit it in. Uh, okay. Okay.
Thank you. Uh, yeah. So that's stuff you were doing. That was called scratching. That's scratching, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, Cam, uh, growing up, yeah. when we were kids, yeah. Uh, I don't recall you ever saying I'm into scratching records. No, it kind of it came to me uh, like high school, like grade nine, I think. Uh, and when did you meet Walter? Grade nine, right? Yeah, grade nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So because uh, would you say Walter's your best friend? Yes. <laughs> would you say at one point you and I were best friends? We were. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? There's a new like, sheriff in town. What you, I, think, I think it was kindergarten to grade five. You right. and I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, grade four, maybe. I don't know. It's a long time. <laughs> what do you think happened that kind of, like, ended our friendship? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I started hanging out with, uh... No, you know what happened? You were hanging out with Steve Coons. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so leave that gonna, hanging in the air. <laughs> you were hanging out with uh, other people. A, a different class, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was. I think we stopped hanging out, like... Before that? Before middle school, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, okay, back to DJ questions. Um, <laughs> what's the difference between, like, you know how a guy will say he's a DJ, and then he will uh, show up at a party and just plug his iPhone in? <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the difference between that guy and you guys? It's details. It's one of those things where you can get by by just playing music, and it's not as obvious, like, as if you can't play piano and you're, booking a piano gig people aren't going to complain they're, they're playing some hit songs you know it works for some some places some places they need like an actual dj right. to like <laughs> make things to you know to have credibility and and all that stuff if i was um, to say thg would you know what that meant um no would you cam yeah what would that mean uh, treehouse guys yeah that was our old uh Back when we were young, we uh, we used to always be in tree houses. Yeah, <laughs> we had tree houses. <laughs> It'd be weird if I knew that. Yeah, I, wasn't I was, there, just, right? I was yeah. just testing Cam. <laughs> Those were good times. Though. Yeah, we were treehouse guys. I got. Uh, I think your big, your first big treehouse guys party. I couldn't, I couldn't make it to it. Wait, I know that was sad. What was it? Um, it was your birthday. Yeah, yeah. it was. Why? Because it was Mother's Day, wasn't it? You no, had to do some Mother's. I, I did something. Uh, I don't know. I got. I don't know. I forget what it was. Yeah, that was, uh, I don't want to say the beginning of the end, but... <laughs> uh, but there was a second one. There was a second uh, treehouse. There was. You made it. I made it to the second one. Yeah. Was, there, was there a third or no? There was a third, was yeah. It? Coons was there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Coons. <laughs> and do you remember that one day you and I were supposed to have a sleepover and your brother Aaron, like, fell down, like, the escarpment or something and, like, cracked oh, no. and had to get, like, Oh, that was me. I fell down the escarpment. That wasn't Aaron? I got the scar right here. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, was, then, was and then me. I was you're, like, you're, we're still going to have the sleepover, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah man. And then we couldn't. I got Stitches, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> would, would you say this is your biggest accomplishment to date in DJing? Winning the three style? Yeah. If you were ever to get married, mm -hmm. do you think that uh, I would be invited to your wedding? Uh, yeah. You do? Yeah. I mean, if you want to come. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I don't and think if it took place in a yeah. treehouse. If it did, yeah. <laughs> and would you, who would DJ your wedding? Would it be Walter? I wouldn't have a DJ, I don't think. No. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me go back to the uh, book here. Uh, do you ever wish you could turn back the clock and do things differently? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> like in, anyway. specifically between grade four and grade five. <laughs> grade four, oh, I, I don't know. 
can't remember. Honestly, no, no I can't remember. No? <laughs> I can't. All right. Well, what happened to you? I don't know. I don't know, man. That makes one know. of us, I guess. You you could have toughed it out and yeah. made it to the Treehouse Boys. Uh, it's Treehouse guys, guys, Walter, and I mean, this is a Cammon, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I can see the answers. I just, I'm trying to help out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do I got here? I have a DJ question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you guys DJ together. Yeah. That's how I know you guys. Yeah. But then obviously Cam's done the three style. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so... Like, will you continue to DJ together and he does the three-stock is more specific? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll definitely continue after the three-style. And I'm, I'm helping him with the three-style just like and kind of like a coach. Do you there. remember uh, when you used to be a DJ for a rap group? Yes. <laughs> what like, was that rap group? Uh, cro uh, Crocodile Mile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the lead rapper in that? It was you, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it? Were you the lead guy? <laughs> well, there was two of us. And since he's not here, I'll say I was. Yeah. Uh, the other guy. Um, but uh, you quit that group. Yeah. <sighs> I went solo. Why'd you quit? We really uh, could have been using a uh, Red Bull champion right about now. <laughs> Cam's in the hot seat right now. No, it was... Uh, what happened? I don't know. You guys want... I don't know what it was. I forget. Did the you got a new DJ No, I liked it. It was funny. Mm. But the uh, what happened? There was a new DJ. Well, there's only a new DJ because you quit. <laughs> yeah, I we quit. had to replace. You. I don't remember why. I just quit. Well, it's Steve like, Coon started managing <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah. no, I honestly don't remember. It was just like I, I forget. All I remember is one day you guys came over to borrow a record of mine. <laughs> did we return it? I don't know if you did. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it was a white record. Damn. Do, do you know so what? So he remembers some stuff about it. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't a big deal. It was white. <laughs> when do you go? Uh, February 5th. Are people able to watch it online? Do you have a yeah, plus one? <laughs> yeah. You no. know who that plus one's going to be, Shane. Yeah, yeah. Walter. <laughs> Steve Coons. Steve Coons, yeah. No, uh, Wait a second. We never got to the bottom of why you don't like Steve Coons. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I forget. <laughs> you thought he was cocky. Was it, was it, is that what it was? Yeah. I, I, I don't remember. If you had a message for Steve Coons right now, what I, would you say? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Ouch. Yeah. This is a pretty blistering message. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I forget. So, but people... I, oh, go, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I want to hear what no, you're going to say. I, I just forget. <laughs> Never mind. Take that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have plans for the 20000 for when you win it? No, I... No. Obviously not. Cam has like DJ dysmorphia. Like he was watching sets that weren't even close to as good as his set. Uh, in my opinion, like we're not talking shit, but uh, he was like, oh no, oh God, I'm not, I've lost it. <laughs> like, we're, at, we're doing that live and, and then he goes on and kills it. I get why you guys were best friends growing up because you, Shane, display a lot of those traits where like you'll get all stressed out or you think it doesn't go well, but then it's like you won. Mm -hmm. Much like, you know. I know, me, Cam, and I were very uh, similar. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, uh, like, I was very into video games when I was young. Sega Genesis, yeah. Yeah, I'm still obsessed with Sega. Are you? Yeah, I got one You're of those. still stuck in that treehouse wishing you were best friends with Cam and playing <laughs> I know, Genesis. it's like I haven't evolved since <laughs> Cam left. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a projector and with the, the new Sega console that yeah, has, yeah, like, nice. built in 140 games. And it's I, just a slideshow of you and yeah, Cam every night. Yeah. <laughs> but I play it every night, yeah. Uh, video games every night. Yeah. Nice. Are you still on the video games, Cam? Not really, no. <laughs> I like to be, though. Would you ever be open to being uh, best friends again? 
Oh yeah, for sure, man. Best friends though. <laughs> best friends. I I can have two best friends. You can. <laughs> How would you feel about that, Walter? Well, I mean, I'm. I kind of thought I was the main one, but yeah. You know. Well, I was the first one. Yeah. Is there enough room in the treehouse for three guys? There though? is definitely. The treehouse boys, as Walter would say. <laughs> <laughs> we're the treehouse men now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll always be uh, treehouse guys. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. No and, problem, uh, no problem. Good luck in Poland. <laughs> That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, thank you to Sophie Tucker for coming on the show. And thank you to everyone for coming out to the live show. We're going to figure out a way to do it again. Maybe we'll do it in Hamilton this time. Uh, you can find us online on Instagram and Twitter at Mike on Much. Please follow us. Also, leave a comment and ratings in iTunes. That helps the show grow. And also, just tell your friends about the show. That's like the best way to spread the word. The Mike and Watch podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I am your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend. <laughs>